Hello everyone, it is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 205. Now, being tactically minded, I'm sure you've heard that you need to keep your head out of that white zone state of mind where you are a perfect ambush target for a criminal predator. Instead, we talk all the time about being in the yellow zone. But most people just consider this simply a state of awareness without ever thinking about the tactics that make up the state of readiness. Now, in this episode, I want to share with you 15 quick, powerful tips to avoid becoming a victim of a violent ambush attack. And as usual, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free show notes that include a handy-dandy little one-page cheat sheet that you can use for easy reference to put these tips into action right away. You can download all of the bonus materials right now absolutely free by going to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 205. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey there, welcome everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And today we're talking about counter ambush tactics so that you can avoid becoming the victim of a violent attack. And the bottom line for why this topic is so important is this. Criminals aren't as stupid as most people think they are. Now, I know if you go down to the, the handgun live fire range and you see people training to engage an attacker, typically they're doing it from distances far away, right? And we assume that, I guess, whether it's from the movies or whatever, that, that criminals are going to try to attack you or rob you from a, a far enough distance out that you have time to react. Well, that's not typically the way things are because t- criminals are not that stupid, right? Like their goal is not to get into a fight or to give you the room to be able to run away. They're attacking you for a specific purpose. It's either to cause you harm by physically hurting you, whether it's stabbing you, punching you, or shooting you, but that's still not going to be from a far enough distance, right? They can't really do that. Or they want to take something that you have. And again, if you can just run away or scream for help, like they want to not give you the opportunity to fight back. They want to, they want to be able to control the situation. They want to be able to surprise you where you can't, you have to first figure out what's even happening so you even have time to respond. They're smart that way. That's how they practice. And they become very skilled out in public at identifying a victim and seizing the best opportunity to attack you and realize that your worst opportunity to be attacked is their best opportunity to attack you. Right. So my goal is to not let that happen to you or to someone that you love. So this is a really great podcast. If you have a spouse or or even children that are not necessarily tactically minded like you, this is a really good one to let them listen to because there's some really great tips in here as well. All right. All right. So. Let's go ahead and get started with this fifth, uh, these top 15 here. Now, this is some of these are going to sound like common sense, right? Or you may have heard them before. But again, with all of these things, the question that you need to ask yourself is, am I doing this? You might know about something, but the question is, are you really doing it? Are you following what you know are the proper tactics? That's going to be the question, all right? And some of these, I think, 
some of you probably haven't even maybe thought about before, but I think you'll find them to be very, very helpful. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into these now. I'm going to kind of run through these relatively quickly, but we'll do a little bit of a deep dive on a few of them. All right. All right. So number one, we're going to talk about prevention a little bit on the front end here. So when you're out walking around, uh, tip number one is um, don't get locked into your phone, right? Like don't check your text messages, your email, your Facebook. I mean, if you go out there and you see most people around, like you'll see that so many people now are staring at their phones. They're walking along, bumping into things even because they're looking at their phone, making sure that they are checking their Facebook messages or their text messages or, or Trump's latest crazy tweet. Whatever it is, you don't want to be out there unobservant by by looking at your phone all the time, all right? Now, that's easy enough to do. Don't take text messages when they come in or have maybe like a I have an I an Apple Watch that I can use. I can quickly just tap on it and I can see what text came in. Um but you really don't want to be stuck on the phone. Now, that's easy again when it comes to things like, you know, staying off of Facebook and things like that, but what about phone calls, right? Well, that brings up tip, tip, tip number 2. So, which is that when you do take a phone call, I'm not saying don't take phone calls when you're out and about, but the main thing here is you want to keep your hands free and you want to keep your head on a swivel. You want to be able to look around if you need to, and if you have to respond to an ambush attack that comes with no warning, you need your hands free. Now, having a phone in your hand can even be used as a weapon, per se, but you might need that phone later on to be able to call the police, right? So that's why I don't recommend having that phone in your hand that you would have to use it to pummel somebody because you can break it and whether you're injured and you need to call for help, you need to be able to use that phone, all right? So I recommend that you use an old school Bluetooth headset. Now, there are some Headphones out there like Apple's new earbuds are really, really good for being inconspicuous. They, they go right in your ear. You can use them for taking calls and, uh, and things like that. Or you can use, um, one of the old school, these kind of wraps around your, um, around your ear. It's a, um, noise canceling microphone typically, but you know, you don't see these as much anymore because I think most people now are, are using some sort of heads, headphones with their with their phones. But nonetheless, using a Bluetooth headset for taking phone calls and talking on the phone allows you to keep your hands completely free as well as be able to look around much more, more easily and uh, and stay aware. All right, so that's tip number two. Tip number three really has to do with how you walk, and that means walking with confidence. Now, predators are out there when they're looking around for victims – they're very conscious about how not only how observant people are or how not observant they are, but also do they look like they are a fighter or they look like somebody that is just going to roll over and give them what they want, okay? Um, so they're very attuned to how you walk, how you carry yourself. And the best tip that I've ever, I've told people about this before, what I've ever heard is, is to think of yourself like a superhero with a cape on. So when you're walking along, to literally imagine that there is a cape flowing behind you, like you're Superman or Superwoman, and you have this cape flowing behind you. And what you'll find is that your shoulders come back a little bit, you walk a little bit taller, and you kind of, you exude this invisible superhero persona, if you will, without looking like a total dork. Trust me, it works, but it allow it really it really exudes confidence, and that's what you're trying to give off, so that people they're looking for the less confident, right? Okay, all right. Tip number four 
Um, also has to do with, with where you, well, it has to do with where you walk. And when you are walking along urban streets, you want to, you want to walk closest to, as close to the road as possible without be, it being dangerous. Now the reason for this is as you're going from by building by building, if somebody were to attack you from like an alleyway or something like that, they're going to be very close. They're going to be, they're going to know that you're coming. And the closer that you are to those places, you can quickly get grabbed and pulled in to those types of things. Now that same thing goes like in parking lots being too close to cars. You don't want to be too like walking along the backs of cars. Obviously, if there are other vehicles in the parking lot that are driving along the lanes, you don't want to be in the middle of the lane. However, if you're very close to the cars, it's very easy for a predator to be hiding behind a car, quickly grab you as you're you're very close to the vehicle grab you, pull you in, put you into a car, put you into a trunk, put it, put you someplace like that. If you're out in the middle, like if I'm in a parking garage or something like that, and I'm walking uh, there and there's no other cars around, I will walk in the middle of the parking lot. Even when I'm going to my car, I'll walk in the middle of the lane so that I have reactionary gap distance there to be able to use when I need to. Okay. Um, and also on walking, the tip number five is to, when you're walking around corners, do not take the corners tight. So again, this goes to reactionary gap uh, space, where if you are taking a corner, like you're, you're hugging that corner, one, it increases the chance of you bumping into somebody, just in common sense. But if a criminal is around that corner, they're waiting for you there, you have no reactionary gap. So again, just think of it like if you were, you, you're walking close to the road on the curb, uh, same thing. When you go around the corner, take that same like angle around the outside of that, of that sidewalk or around the, around that turn so that you have reactionary gap time there. Okay. Okay, let's talk about parking lots a little bit here because they are very they are a common place where people are attacked. So, tip number tip number 6 is when you come out of a a shopping area where you have a shopping cart, for example, the grocery store, take the shopping cart with you all the way to the car. Now, I've always been guilty of this, but this is something that I've started doing differently because realizing that um, well, the reason why, probably like a lot of guys out there, um, I didn't want to like take the shopping cart over to the shopping cart cages after I got done with it. And besides, I'm a guy, right? We don't, we don't, like, I can take all those bags. So I load them all up on my arms and I can carry, you know, eight bags out to my car. But I have eight heavy bags on my arms. If I get attacked, I don't have any reactionary time there. So instead, take the shopping cart all the way to your vehicle. Now, yes, this does keep your hands free, first of all, right? So you can quickly take your hands off of the cart, get to a weapon, or be able to be able to defend yourself in some way. But the other thing is that you can use the cart as a shield between you and an attacker. So if you suspect somebody is potentially a, a criminal because they're hanging out near the car or like they might look like they're talking on their their phone toward the back of the car next to you. Well, then what you can do is instead of, you know, you don't know if they're a criminal. So what you can do is bring it to the back of your car and you just make sure that that cart is in between you and that person that is hanging out by the back of their vehicle. That way it gives you, again, reactionary gap time because that criminal would have to get past that cart. The other thing it does, if you are attacked or if somebody does start to confront you, you can use that cart to be able to keep it in, be, in between you so that you can run away or push 
uh, either either push it into them or you can even use it to your advantage if you are attacked. You can push somebody into the cart if you have to defend yourself with your hands or things uh, like that. All right. So take the shopping cart all the way to the cart. Tip number seven is to use a flashlight all the time. Now I've talked before about your part of your everyday carry gear should have a small tactical flashlight that you keep on you all the time. And I use this even more than I use my actual pocket knife, right? And one thing is that even if it's not exactly dark where you are, even if it's a well-lit parking lot, you know, criminals like to use the, the cover of darkness to be able to attack people. So I have the flashlight out because it's a preventive measure. It allows me to be able to see in dark hiding spots that might even be in a well-lit area. I can see in between vehicles much better. But it also shows any criminal that's out there that's watching me that I'm observant. I am not that person that's going to be an easy victim. The fact that I even am looking around, that I have a flashlight on me, tells them that I'm going to be a hard target. And I'm probably going to see them quicker than what they plan on being seen. So have a flashlight on you all the time. I recommend you have a tactical flashlight so that if you do see somebody, you can spotlight them, even have a strobe on it. If it is somebody that you suspect to be in a criminal, you can you can strobe them to disorient them to either get away or get to another weapon. Um, or, you know, that's that's another reason to t- choose that kind of a flashlight. OK, uh, tip number eight is to really notice, be observant of the cars that are around you in a parking lot. So, for example, if you're going out to your vehicle or even if you park and you see that there is a driver in the vehicle next to you or somebody sitting in a passenger side of the vehicle next to you and they're not moving, then hesitate. Give them a few minutes to leave. If you're in your vehicle and you pull into the spot and there's somebody there, um, just pretend that you're on the uh, the phone for a little bit. Just give a few minutes that you're on the phone there and just kind of observe what they are actually doing. Uh, if you are coming up to your vehicle in a parking lot and you have the groceries with you and you look over and you see that there is somebody in the vehicle next to you, then uh, g- again, give it a few minutes. See if they pull out of the of the spot. Let them pull out if they are if it looks like they're driving, then if their vehicle started, that's great. But if it's not started, then you know that's another sign that they might be waiting for a victim there. Okay, so be very conscious of that. Um, if you do see that somebody's in there and they're not pulling out, don't go and confront them, obviously, right? Um, but you, it would be good to go back into the go back into the store that you came from and call security or the police. So if it's a mall, most shopping centers, because there are so many crimes that happen in the parking lots of, of shopping centers, trust me, I used to work in that industry, um, call the security. There's usually a security out there. They, they are more than happy to be, give you an escort out to your vehicle, and you can do that or just call the police. Okay. All right. Let's talk about if you suspect that there is somebody. So we're coming off of kind of like that. You, you suspect somebody might be in the vehicle. Um, that is one thing to go back in the store. But tip number nine is to, if you suspect somebody is following you, if they are planning an ambush, you can use store windows or car windows to see what their actions are. So it's good practice to be able to uh, be able to stop at a store like you are window shopping and then see what happens to that person that you thought was following you. Like, be very observant of them. It looks like you're looking into the store. You're looking at, at items in the window, but really you're using it as a mirror. And it's very, uh, it's very covert. People really do think they don't, they don't think that you're looking at them. And so you'll be able to truly observe their actions that way. Now this works really well also at gas stations because 
gas stations are another one of those areas where it's a it's an easy spot for criminals to be able to target somebody because you're occupied, you're pumping gas, you're not paying attention. So while you're doing something is a great opportunity for you to be attacked there. But you can use your car windows as a mirror to see the people that are hanging out near the front of the of the store. Um, if I see that people are, that there's somebody loitering at a convenience store, then what I will do is I'll position my car where I can see them. So I will use the side of the gas pump that I can look in the windows and observe what they're doing. All right. But you want to make sure that you do have enough of the reactionary gap there to be able to, to do something there. Okay. So that was tip number nine. Tip number 10 is to if you do think you are being followed, is to go into the store or a restaurant that you can go into and see what happens to the person that was following you. Do they bypass the store? Do they look in to see where you went? If you do see that they are loitering around, again, you can ask the uh, the store clerk or the restaurant host or manager or whatever to call the police. You might even be able to get them to allow you to go out the back of the store to be able to you know just tell them that this person has been following me. Um, I, if you would call the police, I'm going to go out the back to get into my vehicle because it's right around the corner. That's a judgment call for you. That's more of like a kind of an escape and evasion uh, trick there. But it's best just to go ahead and call uh, the police or security or something like that. And tip number 11 is, is something if you are being followed, you're in an urban area. One trick to be able to confirm if somebody is actually following you is to be walking regularly, just like you normally would, and then turn the corner of a building. And as soon as you turn the corner and you're out of the way or you're out of their vision, to go ahead and sprint a little bit, maybe not super fast, right? But be able to to go up much, much faster, like get ahead quicker, and then uh, you know kind of gauge about when the predator would be coming around the corner and then stop again and start walking. Now, if you turn around, you can see, or if you can use a mirror or something like that, a window, then you, if you, if they turn around and they see they're shocked that you're so far up ahead and they quicken their pace, well, then you know that they were trying to stay with you. So that's one way that you can kind of get them to, to show their cards, if you will. All right. And that's tip number 11. All right. Tip number 12. We're going to talk about how to respond to something. And the first part of that is really to make sure that you're ready to be able to respond. So you want to be armed. Okay, so that means if you can carry a concealed handgun or if you do carry, that you actually carry. You don't just carry when you're going into dangerous areas. You're carrying all the time. It's a lifestyle choice. The other thing is to have some sort of less than lethal version of a... Um, of a weapon on you, which primarily I like to use, I like to have pepper spray with me. All right. So again, you, there are, there are times where you're not necessarily going to just whip out, uh, as EJ Owens calls it, your master blaster 5000, right? You're going, you, you might need something that is less than lethal because you might not legally be up in this position where you can pull it out if the person's not armed, but they're obviously a predator. Well, you can take out pepper spray. You're not going to go to, to jail for brandishing pepper spray, but you will go to jail for brandishing a firearm on somebody that you did not, you did not see signs that they were a, a, a violent threat, a, a lethal threat. So, uh, this way, I mean, you don't, you, you're, you're creating an in-between weapon where you don't have to try to go to fisticuffs with this person, but you also don't have to pull out 
um, a firearm as well. All right, so pepper spray is really, really good with that. It also gives you confidence that you do have the tools needed that to be able to respond, you can walk a little bit more confidently. All right, tip number 13 is, okay, now you, you're armed, but you need to be trained. So yes, that means training and concealed carry, obviously, right? That's something, of course, if you're going to carry, you need to be able to train to be able to use that weapon. But we were ta just talking about pepper spray. Do you know how your pepper spray works? Do you know what the range of it is? Do you know what how it affects something in the wind? Uh, are you even conscious of the wind, right? There's a lot that goes into even using pepper spray. Now, a lot of these places do that, that carry pepper spray or, or produce pepper spray. They have inert practice ones that just shoot out water that will allow you to see what the uh, the spray would do so that works really well also do you know how pepper spray affects a person you should really know that uh, anytime in security and police when you're dealing with pepper spray training you also get sprayed i recommend that you do this with an actual trained uh, person so that they know all the right tools to be able to help you get that stuff out of your eyes or how to help you use it under the best circumstances to be able to be trained in it. Uh, it works out really, really well when you have really good training. Now, that's not necessarily easy to find, but you might want to talk to the local police department about where you might be able to find that. But also when it comes to being trained is hand-to-hand -hand is most likely what you're going to need in ambush because you, no matter what you do, it's, there's always the possibility that you're still going to be attacked and you need to be able to defend yourself. And so, um, and that's assuming that there's a no warning, all of a sudden somebody reaches out and they start pummeling you or they attack you, they hit you with something. So you do need hand to hand training. You don't necessarily need to be able to go to weekly classes and just do, you know, thousands of hours of practice. We have a DVD that shows you very, very basic ways of defeating somebody even that's twice your size these are meant for people that don't even need to or don't need or want any sort of formal martial arts training uh, but these are very powerful tactics that work work against somebody that is much bigger than you if you want to get that dvd we actually give it away for free it's over at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and you can grab that as well all right okay that was tip number 13 tip number 14 is don't be afraid to make eye contact with somebody and hold it. Okay, so predators don't want to be recognized. They don't want to be noticed. They don't want to be noticed beforehand because, again, that gives you the opportunity to recognize them and recognize there's an attack and be able to respond to it, either to run away or, you know, it defeats their purpose if you notice that they are creeping up on you, right? But also, they don't, they don't want to be recognized after an attack. So if they're able to get away with your wallet or your purse, well, if they, if they know that they've been seen, then one, that makes it a little bit more uh, difficult for you. But if they, if they recognize they've been seen, then they might not want to attack you because they don't want to be recognized after the fact. Now, if they plan on being a violent attacker, then they don't, may not necessarily care if it's, if it's a you know, potential murder or kidnapping, think some, something where they might be recognized anyway, they're, they could be more, and they're more violent than you are, um, that, that's not going to matter. That's when you need to go into being able to respond to this stuff. Uh, but anyway, you do want to be able to make eye contact. So if you notice that somebody has been glancing at you, like you, you, you notice that it looks like they're looking at you. Um, typically what I'll do is I see somebody glance at me. Fine. I glance away. I come back and I see they're looking at me again. I will hold my gaze on them until they look away. And it, it's not, I'm not talking about staring them down. I'm not, I'm not talking about grimacing at them. I'm just talking about 
that just giving, just basically winning the staring contest. So if somebody is staring, staring at you on that second glance that you notice, then that's a problem. All right. So if they're if they're glaring at you, that means that they have intent. And that's when you really need to go into that next zone beyond the yellow zone. Right. But if even if they are if they notice that you've seen them, it, it tells them I've seen you. It sends a clear message to them in their mind that I recognize you. I know what you're doing and I know what you look like, and that should put them right in, you know, take them, take them off track. Now, I do this all the time. In fact, I did this last night. I was even in a restaurant, and I noticed this guy looking at me. Now, he didn't look like some thug. He was just you know, a regular guy, right? But I noticed he kept looking at me, and so all I did was hold my gaze on him just for a little bit longer than he did. So he kind of, he was kind of oddly like staring at me for. A, a couple of seconds. So I did it for three seconds. He didn't look at me after that. So this is something you can even practice out in public. All right. And tip number 15 is the one that's really hardest for a lot of people. Um, but it's also the most powerful. So if you do recognize that somebody uh, seems like they are, it, again, it seems like it doesn't even have to be a confirmed recognition that they're a, a violent predator. But even if you suspect that they are because you've done some of these things to confirm them, then what you do is you stop very quickly, abruptly, and matter-of-factly. And you put your hand up, which is the universal sign for stop, and you tell them stop very loudly. Even loudly enough that you're going to attract the attention of other people around you. Because, again, criminals don't want to be looked at. They don't want to be recognized. They don't want to be noticed. They don't want to be seen by you, but if you just called them out, even if it's somebody that, even if, frankly, even, even if it's somebody that is, is not a criminal, they're going to stop in their tracks. But if it is a criminal, they're going to stop in their tracks. They're going to notice that you've noticed them, but then they're also conscious that other people might be seeing them as well. So that distracts them from you, number one, because they're wondering if other people heard you just yell out, stop. But you also just put them on the defense. You took away their element of surprise. And what this does is it allows you to create your commanding presence, let them know that you are going to be, that you are going to be a hard target. And also you can have your hand where you might need to go for a weapon or you might have it with pepper spray in your hand already. Okay. Um, but the other thing this does is that their next actions decide your next actions. So it doesn't matter whether they are a criminal or not. If they aren't a criminal and they say, what, I don't even, what, you're crazy. What are you talking about? And it's like, well, you're following me. I don't want you following me. I'm not following you at all. It doesn't matter. So what? You don't know this person. You're not going to have dinner with them. You're not going to see them at the local, you know, PTA meeting. So screw it. Who cares, right? If you offend somebody that you don't know, if it is a criminal though, they're going to stop and you're going to be able to see their actions. Do they back off? Or does it look like they're not going to back off and you do need to take things to the next level? All right. Now, we have tested this over and over again in our close combat uh, shooting courses, actually, and being able to stop that predator and, and use your command presence. Uh, it works really well. It is incredibly empowering when you do that. And uh, I, I highly recommend finding some sort of training. Uh, we have a... Our, it's been a while since we run our close combat shooting live live course, but um, this is a very effective way. And P and you should find a course that does take into account 
not just shooting the, an attacker, but how do you stop an attacker? How do you stop a woofer? How do you spot a predator? And how do you stop them in their tracks? All right. Okay. Well, those are my top 15 tips. I would like to know your tips for preventing a preventing an ambush violent attack. So go ahead and leave them on our blog over at moderncombatandsurvival.com. I look forward to hearing your tips. And don't forget to go grab the show notes over at www.mcsmagazine.com slash 205. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.